Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy that believes in intuitive living. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And I'm Caroline. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And we're going to talk about this idea that we don't know how to put into words of facts versus intuition, truth versus gut feelings, instincts versus reality. I I don't know what you want to call it here, but this... This idea of like, we have these feelings inside that don't seem to match up what other people are expressing is the truth or the the reality around us. And how do we come to terms with that? I think, you know, Caroline brought this, uh, this topic to us, this idea of like, how do I know what to trust, right? Do I look at the facts? Do I believe what's going on inside my body? Like, and, and it made me think of Billy, when you talk a lot about like, Early on, maybe it was a great idea that we didn't trust our own thinking or our own beliefs or, or maybe even gut instincts. But over time, you know, you've questioned through doing this podcast, like maybe there's a time when that shifts or that changes. And, and I don't know that I or you or Caroline knows of any place in our uh, in a 12 step program where it says, oh, OK, now you've gotten an idea and you don't, you know, right after so many steps or so much time <laughs> or so many good guesses you get shit right a little bit and yeah. then yeah now it's fine to trust your intuition there is the you guys we did the promises episode well you guys did uh um a few months back and there is that intuitively know how to handle yes. situations which used to baffle us and i always kind of correlated that to you know oh i can't first thought wrong or i can't trust anything that i that i think so i think at least within the aa program there is space for that ability to learn how to start to process and and decide on the best course of action. Mm. Yeah, and there's and I'm gonna butcher it at the moment, but in NA in the triangle of self obsession, there is a line in there about uh, we begin to do spontaneous acts of goodwill and love towards others. So I think that's a similar type of thing. Like when does it become? Uh, more natural for us to make healthier choices. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I actually could pinpoint when that <laughs> right. is, or uh, maybe it was supposed to be the whole time that we were supposed <laughs> right. to be being cultivated to learn that. Like, I, I really don't know that. It's something I, I kind of wonder at this point in my life with coming closer to feeling like I was supposed to be trusting myself a lot sooner. I'm like, well, nobody was telling me that for sure, but is there places in the program where it says that and you're pointing some out, right? There, there are obviously some places where it says this, but that is not the message I got. And, and I wouldn't know how to give it to somebody sooner or what it would look like. Or if there's an appropriate time, like we're talking about to mention it, like, Hey, you've reached this milestone and shown this. Maybe now we start trusting you or. Yeah. And I am still like, I, I mean, so I guess I am more inclined to think that my decisions are okay, but I'm still of the practice of I should really talk to somebody about this. I should mm-hmm. run it by somebody. I should talk to my sponsor, talk to my wife, other people in recovery before I just go off of what I think I should do because I always think what I should do is the best decision. Hmm. That's fascinating. So. It- is there like a decision-making process? Do you have like steps to your decision-making when you're thinking through how to act in a certain situation or when you don't know what to do? Like I'm trying to think of, I don't feel like I'd take a lot of time or consult a ton of people necessarily. Most of the time for me, it's when things feel difficult or when I'm running into like challenges or obstacles with things and it, when it doesn't feel good doing what I intellectually quote unquote think is the right thing to do. So, I mean, I have a, I don't know, weird upbringing in that I think I was taught the right things to do. And 
what I should do because I went to Catholic school and I grew up with parents. They're like, this is the way that you should act all the time. The problem is that isn't the way that I want to act most of the time. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. it's not like that isn't intuitive to be just. I mean, it's gotten better, but it's not like loving, caring, kind, and compassionate towards others, and and always forgiving and trusting, and all these things. These principles just didn't feel safe. They didn't feel uh, like that was going to get me what I wanted out of situations. Mm. And what did you want? Um. Well, it depends on the situation, but most of the time I want whatever's going to make me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. No, but that makes a lot of sense to me. If we're miserable in our fucking bodies and it, our environment, our body environment is toxic, why wouldn't we do whatever it took to get relief, regardless of if we knew there was consequences or... Like, you're fucking miserable. There's not many options there. Yeah, so for some of my life, I did. So I'll give you an example that sucks. Well, I think it sucks because now it's a regret that I have. And a thing that I had to deal with in my life was, you know, my brother's girlfriend. He was dating this girl or had a crush on her and liked her, and they were dating. And I thought, oh, well, that girl is going to make me happy if I could date her. So I went and took my brother's girlfriend. Nice. Yeah, no, it's not (laughs) nice. You know, and that's the kind of thing where it's like, well, she is going to make me happy, is going to make me feel good about myself, then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I did it, and it didn't, I mean, one, it didn't work, and two, it was a completely shitty thing to do to my brother. So that's where it's like, I can't always trust what I think I want, or what I think is going to make me happy. And see, I would skew to the other side, and I know this is going to create a, a stir, because we've <laughs> we've stirred about this one before, <laughs> Billy, but in my mind, you saved him. From a girl that would definitely cheat on him. You did the right thing for you. The most compassionate thing. I need fucking relief now. That girl's relief. I need to have that to have relief. Okay. And then the world took care of your brother by you getting rid of that girl for him. Because she was not going to be good for him. She was going to cheat on him. Obviously, she did. Yeah, but it served to sever our relationship. And now my relationship with my brother's never been the same. And he would have had that lesson despite me causing it or not. Like, did I have to be the catalyst to that that now caused a riff in a relationship that is important to me? That's never been fully healed. And he would have gotten that message not from, you know what I mean? It would have been the next guy's fault who fucked that asshole. You know, then I could have hated him with him and been like, that guy's a dick, you know? (laughs) And that's now true. Now I'm the dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that, and and look, that version would have saved face for you, and and would have possibly given you guys a better relationship. I, I don't know about that. There's a whole lot of yeah, things right, that yeah, happen between that and there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, man. Like, can we accept that this is how it happened? It wasn't some other person. No, it was meant to be Billy in this situation that took care of this. And like, I, I guess for me, it's it's where did we get to in the end, right? And can I be open to, I'm going to make mistakes, just like we all are. Did you learn from that? I don't want to hurt my brother or people I love like that anymore. Is that enough for you to be a good human today? Do we have to hold on? Like, And that's what I don't know, right? I, I don't lament all those old things so much because in my mind, it's just what it took to be here for all of us. I, yeah. I don't know. And I guess and this, again, is why I run things by people still because – now, when I get into situations where I'm like, hmm, well, this seems like it could be uncomfortable or difficult. Mm-hmm. Something in me doesn't feel right. I mean, when that all went down, it didn't feel right. It wasn't like, yeah, fuck him. It was like, ooh, this is, right. you know, this doesn't feel good. But it's meant to be like this is fate and destiny. Yeah. And, you know, this is just the world is making it happen. So it must be like whatever weird shit we justify and tell yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And now my decision-making is a little less emotional and more like, all right, so what are my values? Do I value, you know, family above, you know, this whatever you want to call it, non-even-existent imaginary relationship that I've created in my head? Like, is sacrificing this worth the potential of something that doesn't even really exist and then running that by someone to help me talk through that. Maybe it does. Maybe it'd be like, yes, that is the person that you are fated to be with despite how it's going to affect this relationship. I'm not saying that, you know, the the choice is obvious, but I'm saying it's more important for me to live with intention, to live with, you know, value 
than it is to just make spontaneous decisions based on an emotional gut feeling. I guess I just look back at my life and I don't think I could have made different decisions. I, I think I made the decisions that I could have made in that moment based on the amount of whatever we want to call it, pain I was in, whatever relief I was seeking. Um, yeah. And I, so let me just yeah. like, I don't like, I understand, like I can't undo that. Right. I can't, but that's an example of why I try to not live that way now. You know what I mean? Like now I can live slightly differently to make some different decisions. And what triggers that again is, is like, Hmm, this isn't, there isn't just an obvious like, Oh, this is what you do here. You know, mm. like this is like, there's, there's a, there's something there that requires a little bit of thought, a little bit of intention. And then how do I make those decisions? Do I just trust my gut and do what I think I want to do? Or do I try to make decisions differently today? Interesting. It's really interesting to, to listen through all that and like try to, put it in with what I'm working on doing for me and how it works. And just thinking about that idea of like, I don't know. It still feels like there's some of that held against you by you in in there. You know, there's like, regret. I have regret. Yeah. Which feels, I guess, still like an idea of wishing the past would have been different or wishing you could have been better in the past. Or So there was a long point in my life where I thought I live with no regrets and even in recovery. And I thought, yeah, I can't regret anything that I've done. I've done it. It is what it is. And I thought that there was some value to that. And now I don't feel that way. Mm. I feel like a regret is an understanding of ownership of, of past harms that I've caused. And not, I mean, I don't hate myself over it. Obviously, I can talk about it. Right. You know, I talked to my brother about it, made amends, you know, so it doesn't haunt me. But that also doesn't mean it just poofs out of existence and isn't a fact of my life that I can use as evidence on making future decisions. You know what I mean? Like it's it's still a part of my story yeah. and it, I don't need to place a judgment on it. It's just a learning opportunity, you know, just like if, if I put my hand on a hot stove and I learn, oh, yeah, don't do that anymore. You know, I don't have to criticize myself and call myself stupid or an idiot or what kind of moron does that. I can just go, oh, yeah. You don't really put your hand on hot stoves that can hurt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. But I guess for me, like, I do not remember that moment that I put my hand on the hot stove. I have no idea how old I was or where I was, whose house I was in, who was watching me. I don't know any of the specifics about it. I've just learned that I just don't put my hand on a hot stove. It felt like a great lesson and I run with it and don't hold myself accountable or regret it. Whereas I think the version that you're telling still feels like a personal ownership of like, I still need to hold this and myself accountable because if not, I'll fuck it up in the future. And I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Would I make the same mistake now or a similar mistake based on the same motivations or ideas? And, and whether you would or wouldn't, I don't think holding on to that regret as a form of like making sure it works is actually going to make sure it works. Hmm. personally I, I i feel like this is what i've been learning about me is that like i get frustrated and then i say why i'm frustrated i point to a person or a thing that's the thing or that's the person that caused this frustration and i then want to hold on to that frustration until that thing or person learns their lesson to treat me better oh it's just not going to work right i'm holding on to anger i'm doing that thing i'm swallowing poison waiting for that person to die <laughs> they're not getting no lesson out of that and when i do that to myself i don't think i'm getting any fucking lesson out of that i think i'm just beating myself this is so yeah. interesting because i feel like this concept of like past quote unquote mistakes i'm regretting them is so prevalent in my life right now um and having a huge impact as I'm trying to decide my path forward. So I have regrets yeah. about my choices in past relationships, namely my, my, my choices um, with my relationship with my husband, who um, for anyone who's been listening to the show for a while knows overdosed back in, in 2020, I have regrets um, about decisions I made early on in that relationship to stay in that relationship. Um, because I feel like, that got me to where I am now, which is not where I want to be. I did not want to be a widow at the age of 
35 or 36. Um, I did not want, I did not want to be in the position that I'm in now. And knowing that I made choices in that relationship early on that then ultimately resulted in, in things taking the course they've taken. Now I, it's, it's the framework through which I view my current relationship Mm. and do I want to be in a position where I have those regrets again, two years, three years, five years, 10 years down the road. Um, to me, that awareness that I made these decisions back then, it, it did not serve me. It didn't get me to a place where I wanted to be. And maybe I need to not repeat that pattern is probably a good thing. But Jason, I, I, from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like you think that that, that I should just not even be considering those, those past, what I will call mistakes. I think to consider the actions that we have taken in our life and the outcomes that followed is, is probably wise, right? That's how we learn that's experience to hold ourselves accountable, which is what I feel like we actually do, even though some of us do it a little more overtly and some of us a little more covertly. I think that's that same thing that we, I don't even remember what episode it was, but I was telling y'all like I was meditating and I caught myself not meditating in it and brought myself back and felt good about it now. And all the time I hadn't been thinking about meditating was neutral. Whereas I think what our standpoint is, a lot of the caregiver early childhood experience we got, we come into the world saying, oh, fuck, I'm bad for how long I've forgotten that thing. And now that I'm remembering, I'm just neutral. And that's just a standpoint of a miserable fucking life in my mind, right? That story you're telling yourself that there was some way you could have avoided tragedy and that it was your fault and your responsibility. And if you just make better decisions now, it won't happen again is a fucking story. And it's a story that's making you miserable, it sounds like. And I don't think it's true. Well, so there's some couple pieces there. One, I can never avoid pain or discomfort or misery like that's a part of life and my experience has been most of the time it comes from the at opportunities I didn't even see you know Mm -hmm. the most painful situations have just occurred in spite of any decisions I could have made or actions I could have made so I can't necessarily uh rid my life of pain or suffering that's just a part of living just like happiness yeah um But at the same time, I don't feel like I overly judge or beat myself up about my past. It's like that saying, you know, we don't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it, whatever that, I don't know, there's a saying somewhere about that and and getting to that point in my life. And I think that's more where I am is like I can sit and meditate with bad past experiences or bad choices that I've made and not feel like a horrible person in my present. Like, I am not all those past mistakes. I am somebody different. I am only those past mistakes if I just do them all over again and act like that it's okay to just do them all over again. <laughs> you know, Like, I'm a different person now, so I don't hold myself to the standards that I was back then, you know, when I was an actively using addict, caught up with no morals and values and principles. Now, if I turned around and, you know, did the same thing, then, yeah, what did I learn and what value is there in that but again i don't i don't necessarily think i'm a horrible person because of something that i did 30 years ago like no it's my past it's something that i did do i wish i didn't do it yeah probably you know i wish i had handled that situation differently i wish i had been a person that says you know what my brother is more important than this imaginary which at the time i didn't have this perception but you know my brother is more important than this imaginary relationship so when new situations come up like say with my brother and the fact that how I might feel about his wife or whatever like no I love my brother in spite of this other person so I'll make some efforts there instead of you know doing something different anyway it's a little confusing but (laughs) I guess to me it just feels like there's still an ownership of the responsibility of like had I done something different then I would have something better now a better relationship with my brother or it's my fault that our brother my brother and I have this lesser quality relationship and like my belief and I don't know this for sure but my belief is that if we can come to a place where we actually feel good right now in our body 
we won't think of the bad parts of that. We'll see how it's helped us. We'll see how we could possibly try to go and repair and, and, you know, how our actions can speak today that our brother and our relationship there is more important than all these other things that could come between us. But I don't know. To me, it's like if we're holding on to that, this is still bad because of that thing I did, that's still a blame. Yeah. So, and I'll go to a different place if this makes it any different. Okay. So recently, you know, our kids, we were all sitting around the table talking about, we were looking at old pictures and talking Mm -hmm. about childhood stuff and their upbringings and how things have changed as, you know, we got older, our parenting styles have gotten different and I've grown different in my parenting. And I was able to look to my oldest daughter and say, hey, you know, when you were younger, I was a lot more like stern and, and rigid and I probably didn't do the best job, you know, and I wish back then that I had some information that I had now so that I could have been a little more loving and caring and nurturing at that time, you know, and, you know, it was, again, it wasn't like this horrible thing. It was just me taking ownership of some mistakes I had made and acknowledging them to her and saying, hey, you know, because she's going through some stuff with anxiety and dealing with some things as she's getting to be an adult, I was able to say, like, hey, some of this may play a part in that. I know you're going to therapy. Maybe this is some stuff you need to talk about, or these are some things that affected you, you know? And again, do I have some regret about that? Yeah, sure. I wish I would have been a little different back then, but I don't, doesn't, like, haunt me at night to where I can't go to sleep, you know? Mm -hmm. It was just mistakes that I made that I can own and just own, you know, I don't know what else to say. It like I'm not perfect. I don't get, and I was able to say that to them at different times. Like I'm not perfect. I don't get everything right. I'm not, you know, right. the perfect dad. Like I've messed some things up. I've did the best that I could with the information that I had, and then learned that eh, I could have done that a little different. <laughs> you know? So you know, that's kind of that's come with like really trying to meditate and something you talk about a lot. It's like I've gotten better at sitting with uncomfortable stuff. You know, I used to think it was just really important to not feel uncomfortable shit. And sometimes that uncomfortable stuff is a good place for me to sit and like be like, well, why does it feel, why does this feel bad? What, what hurts in there? What is not in alignment with what I want to do or who I want to be or how I want to act? And then what do I need to do to do that differently? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to let go of regret once you've come to a place where the situation you find yourself in is one that you feel good about, kind of in spite of of what those those choices were in the past. Like I feel like, you know, five years from now, if I'm in a different point in my life, I very likely will be able to go back and say I don't I no longer regret the choices I made when it came to my relationship with Matt. But because today I'm still, I feel like paying the consequences of those choices, it's a lot harder to, to, to accept that. I mean, I think like Billy and the, and you're still regretting your situation with your brother because you're still feeling the pain from those, those choices. Um, it, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to, to let it go when you say, okay, but like, 
as a, it's like that getting clean thing, right? Like when we get clean and we find recovery and we find a little bit of like happiness and a good life in recovery, no longer using, then it's really easy to say, I don't regret my using. I wouldn't take it back. It brought me to where I am today. You know, I have this life. I'm clean. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And so that was, that's been my stance for many years. Like I don't regret my using because it's made me who I am today because I've come out the other side of that. I think when you're not out the other side, it's it's harder. It's harder to let go of the regret. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, that sounds kind of like what I'm saying, right? When we feel good in our bodies, we don't have to, mm-hmm. to beat ourselves with that. But I think in my mind, when we're holding on to regret, we're the ones doing that, right? Like, I don't know that you still need to pay the consequences from those actions or that you even are. I think that's a story that you're beating yourself with. And, and in my mind, I, I get that Billy doesn't feel that way. And, and I could be wrong, right? I'm not inside Billy's body. I don't know what the fuck's going on in there. But it feels like there's still at least, and it might be a lot less intensity than it used to be. It feels like there's still a piece of like, in that regret, there's a piece of pain, I guess, that still wishes it could have been different. And, and I guess I'm saying that when I've, found that I've made peace I don't have that anymore I see Mm. how some of those things actually benefited me and got me to where I am and maybe even benefited other people even though in a fucking painful ass way but like that might have been a good lesson for them too I don't know you are right in that yes there are still like I because I think of other situations I'm yep I are still something else and I can't fix you know and I think yes there is still a part of me that wishes it could have been different or there's a little uncomfortableness whatever you want to call it there um i don't think that's bad (laughs) like you know what i mean like i don't i don't know i just i'm like yeah that's that's learning like that's hopefully like say growing so i don't make similar mistakes um if i completely came to peace with it would it be okay well i feel like all the other things we've had to learn in our life one plus one is two you know uh, when your car don't start, it could be the battery, whatever it is. Like, I don't feel like we hold on to the pain or the story anymore because we've understood that that was just a thing to learn. It wasn't that big a deal, right? Yeah, it sucked when we went through it. It sucked to get the flat tire when we rode over to a piece of trash in the road without a void. Like, but I don't feel like we hold on to the pain from it. Because and so, like, to me, that's learning. Continue. You're not still, like, the fact that you had a flat tire doesn't is not yeah, impacting you today now. yeah i mean it's like that's <laughs> very different than like in, going back to billy's example like he's still feeling the pain of that damage to his relationship yes but why because it sounds like there's still <laughs> a, a, a riff yeah. in the relationship do you think any situation should take place in the course of your life where 30 years later you should still feel pain from it and that's normal and typical i don't <laughs> I don't, that doesn't well, sound I don't reasonable. Have 30, going back 30 years, I was only nine. So it just, I don't hold myself even, even 20 years or 10 years, it does not sound reasonable to me that I should still be feeling pain on any kind of regular basis about a thing I did 10 and 20 years but ago. That's fucking crazy to me. If the situation is still there, then yes, that, it Yes, makes but what sense. have I not done to make it so that I can tolerate and be okay and not be in pain from that anymore? So After I don't know. 30 years. And I'll just, and maybe this is getting a little way off. But if I sit and think about like the suffering of other people, I can make myself really sad, right? So if I think, oh, there's like people living in like abject poverty that can barely eat. And and, like, that's a good thing to kind of acknowledge in our world. Like, I think my problems are so overwhelming and I think things are so terrible. And yet there's people that are in way different situations than me. And then to take ownership that there is something I can do differently that won't cause that amount of pain for someone else. Like, yeah. And I guess that's the way that I look at it. It's like I did this action that caused this pain. And again, I, at the time, I didn't have the information that I have now. I didn't know the stuff that I had. So I don't hold myself to that level of guilt and responsibility. But I don't have to make that same mistake to cause that amount of pain to someone else. I, I don't, and I don't know how to disconnect from that. Well, and that's like, what I, I cause this like. harm, and I still feel it. <laughs> right, right. So I, I don't know if this is the same. This is one direction. I was thinking of that that frustration that I had with my daughter for whatever she had done at the time. I don't remember, right? 
But when my wife asked me, she said, how are you? I said, I'm frustrated. She said, with me? And that question just made me, I was like, my frustration is mine. It's not from any person. It's not from anything. I don't want to be frustrated. And I stopped. Because what I realized in that moment was I was only holding on to the frustration to make sure that it never happened again because I didn't want to feel that pain anymore. The frustration was the protection. If I can stay frustrated with this person until they learn that lesson, they'll never hurt me again. And that's the same thing I feel like I'm doing when I hold on to the pain from my own shit. If I can just keep this pain in here, I'll know never to make that fucking mistake again. Because the truth is, I am sad about people being hungry and mistreated and abused in our world. But what makes me feel good is that I don't do that. I'm going into the world to counteract that. I'm trying to meet people at the space where they're at. I'm trying to give them love and compassion no matter what. And that, on a regular basis, just makes me feel good about the fact that I learned that lesson in the past when I treated people bad. I don't feel pain from it anymore. And that's what I'm wondering. Like, are we just holding on to this pain as a method of, well, that'll keep me from doing the bad thing again? Because I don't think we need that. I think I can know not to do the bad thing again because it's not good for me Mm -hmm. and still feel good about the way I'm living today and not in pain. And I guess I'm trying to distinguish. Like, is there a difference between, like, acknowledging someone else's suffering and holding on to pain well like, like and that's what I'm, I'm trying to parse that I out gotcha. like, so yeah. say you spent the first 20 years of your life cutting down trees that's what you were told to do cut down trees we need more wood we're building shit around here right and so you cut down these trees and then after a while you're like oh fuck i'm destroying the environment i don't want to do that that hurts me when you're planting the trees for the next 20 years are you feeling pain about the 20 years you cut them down or are you feeling joy about the 20 years you're planting them that's what i'm saying we don't need the pain to do the good thing in fact, it's actually hindering our ability to do the good thing because we yeah, can do the good thing when we feel joy. Isn't there some value in honoring, acknowledging someone's suffering? I don't, I don't think those are mutually uh, dependable or upon each other, I guess. Like I can acknowledge suffering and I can acknowledge that it sucked, but I don't have to carry that pain anymore. Especially if I'm living today and doing all the things necessary that are in congruence with what I believe. If I'm trying to make that amends to my brother, even after 30 years, if I go to him now and say, hey, man, look, this still is on my heart, man. It still hurts me that I fucking did this to you. Yeah, and so, and the reason that particular thing come up is because recently I'm like I was going through my day and I'm like, hmm, I haven't talked to him in a minute. And then it's easy for me to get caught up in like old shit like, mm-hmm. well, he moved and he doesn't keep it. He doesn't put any effort into this relationship. And then I go, hmm, wait a minute. I'm kind of the one that caused some harm way back then. Maybe I can take the initiative. So I just shoot him a text. Hey, how's it going? How's the family? And try to just take that as a motivator to do my part. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Uh, and I guess I'm, I don't know. I say this. I've been in a lot of pain my whole life, right? And when I started feeling better, it was crazy because I'd be sitting there. I'd be like, I should just text my mom. I haven't talked to her in a while. I, I miss her. She'll f- she'll feel good hearing from me. Man, I should text my daughter. I haven't said nothing to her today. I'll just say good morning and ask her what she- Like when I felt better, there was so much more space to do all these things that we've been counting on pain to inspire us to do. And pain never got me there. Yeah, I'm trying to think if the pain is the inspiring thing. That's what yeah, I'm I got sure. you. Yeah. I got you. So, uh, you know, to I, not that we were on any track to begin <laughs> with here, but like, how would we know early on? Because I believe we should be all be trying to tune into this authentic self thing way yes. sooner than than we were. And like, yeah. how can we try to encapsulate the suggestion of like listening to your body, but also understanding that maybe it's not the end all be all in the beginning. Of everything because it's it's misprogrammed it's misaligned it's going to tell you to go left when really right is what feels better for you so how could we try to give that in a message of like knowing when to trust that or when not or or what, what would it make sense to you guys uh for me even now it's having people around that have the things that i want going on in my life you know what i mean like i uh talk to my sponsor for certain things and understanding who I go to for what is important. Um, I have, you know, my sponsor is a valuable resource in like recovery and what he does for his recovery and things like that. Um, 
but how I want to be as a partner. Like I ended up going to therapy and like a marriage therapist to help us work on our marriage and different values and what we believe and getting through some of that stuff. So, you know, having people outside of myself to go to as a resource is super important for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I always think my, you know, and I don't know, ego, whatever you want to call it. Like I always, most of the time think, well, I'm the smartest person in the room, and if everybody would just do it my way, it would be great. If the fucking kids would do it my way, if the wife would do it my way, why do they got to think? I don't even understand why you think that way. Like, I don't even understand how your brain thinks that's a good idea. But, you know, that shit gets me in trouble. Right, <laughs> that, right. That gets me in a place where I'm angry and annoyed by everybody and don't want to deal with anything. <laughs> what would you say, Caroline? What was the question? Like, how would we, if, if we were... And I guess this is a caveat. If you believe that we should be listening to any of our gut instincts or or what our insides tell us, how would we give that message to like newer people? Or even if we were, if, if Narcotics Anonymous said, hey, Recovery Sort Of podcast, we need you guys to figure out how to train our sponsors to give this information because it's new to our program. Like how would we tell people when to listen and when to be suspicious and when to... I mean, that's what I'm struggling with right now. I mean, my gut level reaction is I can't trust myself to make healthy decisions if I'm not coming, if I'm not healthy, Mm. if I'm not in a healthy place, then I cannot trust myself to make healthy decisions. So I need to first be really honest with myself about, you know, am I in a healthy place? Mm. And I think in early recovery, it was very clear and obvious and easy to say no. No, I have a very bad track record when it comes to making decisions. Right. I've been f- fucking shit up left and right. Let me let me not do what I think is a good idea and mm. talk to my sponsor or talk to the people in my network who seem to make healthy decisions for themselves. Today, with 18, 18 years in recovery, it's harder to say because right. I feel like I'm in a healthier place place than I was then I have a track record of making some good decisions for myself but then I I feel myself like like I'm getting all confused I'm getting all confused so I'm sure you know the reason this topic came up is I'm struggling with like when I look I'm in a situation that I need to make a decision or I don't maybe maybe I don't need to make a decision I don't know when I look at when I, if I write down everything on paper that bothers me, there's a very clear, there's a very clear answer at that. Mm. But when I'm living my lived experience, it's a different answer. Hmm. When I'm in the moment, at times, not always, but when I'm in the, when I'm in this actual, like in this situation, interacting with the situation, if you will, the situation. That reminded me of Jersey Shore. It feels different, mm-hmm. and it's like, do I, do I trust my gut, or do I trust what I see on paper? Um, and it's funny that we landed on regret somehow. I don't mm-hmm. know how we got there, because I feel like regret is such a huge part of this decision making process right. for me because it's coming up and it's potentially cloud it's it's fear right it's it's creating fear in me and then i'm being driven to some extent by fear and do i want to be driven by fear probably not right yeah no because billy you made a really good point that so my goal my goal is to avoid pain and and create happiness that's what i want (laughs) yeah that's what i want (laughs) always right right at a very basic (laughs) level that's what i want but your point is that you can do everything right and not avoid pain like you know what I mean? See, again, like my situation is like I feel like I created some of this pain for myself. I put myself in a position where I ultimately got a lot of pain. And so my instinct then is like, oh, well, if I do it differently this time, I'll be able to protect myself from that. Mm. And 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 I know that that's not really true, but then it gets all I mean, you can hear it as I'm talking, I'm sure yeah. that it's all swirled up in my mind and, and it's so effing confusing. And uh Yeah. And, yeah. then I, and then I talk to people and I get different answers too based yeah. on how healthy they are, what their experiences are with things. And yeah. so here's what little bit I've learned about myself. So I grew up, you know, one of the things, you know, my 
therapist has said one time, and I always like this because it helps me a lot. It's like he thinks like around the age of 12 or 13, like people that have been through some sort of uh, trauma or suffering make like a promise to themselves. And my promise to myself at that time was like, I'm never going to allow anyone to hurt me again. So what that does is lets me put up all these walls and then I don't let anyone get close like emotionally or anything. Like I can keep everyone at this certain distance. The problem with that is anytime you have uh, – if you want to be close to someone and have any sort of intimacy, it takes vulnerability and risk. And so I have to weigh out like am I willing to take the risk of being hurt for the benefit of the you know intimacy and – what comes along with a close relationship and it's still a struggle sometimes it's still really hard like will people still love me if i really truly express my innermost self or if i make myself vulnerable you know am i going to be hurt again and that's yeah there isn't an easy answer to that yes <laughs> like, yes you will be hurt again that's yeah, the right. easy yes. answer yeah to that's that, the obvious right? answer right at some point <laughs> on some level and that's where I think the intended goal here is a little off, I guess. What I heard in there, Caroline, uh, a lot of clinging to control, right? That that feeling that I can somehow prevent the bad thing from happening, which is uh, like mm-hmm. we're talking about now, not realistic, right? We can't. And I don't think... I don't think we're acting from the greatest place when we're acting in sense of like, what can I avoid? What can my actions now avoid in the future? Because that's not really my understanding of how any of that works either, right? But can I count on, no matter what comes in the future, that I have the ability to show up and tend to and comfort myself? Because if I can have that, I don't need to worry about what comes in the future. I know I can take care of me through it, whatever feeling comes right and like so I think that's more the goal for me or the or the goal post or the benchmark or the goal line like I need to be going to this place of being able to count on myself to show up and tend to me and comfort me and give me whatever the fuck I need in any given moment and if I can do that I don't have to stress making bad decisions or the wrong things or making that decision that's going to cause me pain later because I'm ready for it I'm ready to take care of me in that right um one thing I'm noticing a lot about these feelings that we, we have, whether it's the pain, the frustration, what we tend to do is avoid and abandon ourselves in it, just like our caregivers did to us, right? We went to our, our, our childhood caregivers and we're like, I'm in so much pain, this thing is overwhelming, and they shamed us and told us not to feel it and why we were wrong for feeling it. And like, that's the same thing I do now when I get frustrated. I abandon my own feeling of frustration to take it on the person or thing that caused it. All my focus goes on that, on the situation itself, and I leave my own little inner child sitting there in all that fucking pain with nobody to tend to it, just like it was left its whole life, right? And that's where, like, the answer for me, it's not about do we necessarily trust the instincts or trust the facts. We trust both. Your fucking feelings are valid, right? And we need to tend to them. They need comforting. They don't need us to bash them or, or tell them they're wrong or how awful decisions they're making because of them. We need to go there and say, hey, I see this pain you're feeling. What can I do to help you with it? And I know that sounds weird to do to yourself, but <laughs> if that's the only person you got around, that's where it's got to start, right? I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah, so, I mean, I think a lot of that's true, I guess, in recovery language, if we're going <laughs> to use that. Like, what I have learned or come to believe is that's my reliance on a power greater than myself. Like, it's a power outside of me. Like, mm. when these overwhelming or hard things happen to me in my life, some of which, like, say, I've never even seen come, and they kind of hit out of left field, it's like, do I have... Like, is the universe going to provide for me what I need? Am I going to be okay, you know? Or am I expect to handle everything and figure it out on my own? 
you know. And so for me, it's this reliance on a power greater than myself. I'm going to need something outside of me. And at our times of worse suffering, you know, when my nephew died or when our kids were molested or when that stuff kind of smacked us out of nowhere, it's like we didn't just go inside and expect ourselves to figure it all out. You know what I mean? We reached out to people around us. And the people that showed up were not the people that we expected to show up. And the people that were there for us were not necessarily the people that we thought might be there for us, you know. But we were able to have what we needed, you know. And and we were okay. And we made it through it. But we also made it through that stuff by continuing to, like, show up and practice all of our principles that we had, that we wanted to live by in spite of how we felt. You know what I mean? The the things where, yeah, was it comfortable to take your eight-year-old kid to sex trauma therapy and sit in? Fuck no. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Especially then. I'm way more emotionally like in tune with that shit now than right. I was back then. Back then, I was like, fuck this. I don't want... Because I, I hadn't dealt with my own sexual abuse trauma at that point. Right. So I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this. Like, this is fucking bullshit. And then... You know, but just walking through and doing the next right thing and step, you know, these are the right decisions to make. It's going to be okay. We can get through it one step at a time. And just, you know, using those principles that I learned in recovery and just making the next right decision that needed to be made in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of what you're saying, like it was, it is important for us to like acknowledge and own like our feelings and try to balance them out with what are my principles and values, <laughs> you know, and then try to just walk through that healthy. But that was the important point at that time of having people outside of myself to help make those decisions because it was like me and my wife and then me and my wife and a therapist and then her sponsor and my sponsor and our recovery network, you know, my family, like all of us together helping to figure out, you know, what the next right steps are going to be. And I feel like that is a great encapsulation of how to calm your nervous system to know what to do. <laughs> Surround yourself with people that love and care about you and have your best interests and are able to hear you and see you and, you know, respond to you compassionately. And, and maybe not every member of that group even you named could do that at all times, right? Hopefully the therapist was more spot on than everybody because yeah. that's their job. But But, yeah, like that to me tells me that if I can just find ways to calm myself, I can probably come to all those rational solutions too, right? It's the dysregulation and the feelings that guide me that say, you can't do this smart action, but it doesn't mean the feelings are wrong. Yeah. Well, and in that, like, so just to get it like a little bit into that. So we had some family members, a couple family members on one side and a couple on the other. Some family members were like, Oh, well, that abuse really wasn't that bad because it only happened, you know, this this one time. At least you caught it really early. Like, you should be really grateful for that. And it was like, what the fuck? No, yeah. I'm not fucking grateful for that. It's still fucked up. My kids still went through this. It doesn't minimize her right. experience. So we had to kind of trust some gut feeling there yeah. to be like, no, don't try to minimize my fucking feelings and make right. this like it's not a big deal. This is a big fucking deal. And then because of that, some other people on the other side of the family were like, what well, do you really need to like press charges and go through all that? I mean, it's going to be difficult on the family. It's going to cause a lot of issues. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, fuck you. I don't give a shit about yeah. your feelings and how you think it's going to affect the family. Like right. this is important to us. And what those values were at the time, like say looking at our values, we're like, no, our child that's been victimized here is the most important person. The rest of you people matter, but not as much. And yeah. so we're going to do like that's what we need to do is focus on that person first. So, yeah, I mean, there was some, like, say, going with your gut and trusting, like, don't let people talk you out of how you feel. But at the same time, you can't just run with your feelings and and not try to make some logical decisions, too. Yeah, well, and, and what I would say in a situation like Caroline's, like when I'm going through this internally, I got that same two parts, right? I got the part that knows how I feel and then the part that's telling me the the logical right thing that I can't seem to fucking do because of how overwhelming my feelings <laughs> right. are. And it's like, can I acknowledge that my feelings matter there? Can I at least have that gut instinct to say, you know what? I'm not going to belittle myself for not following what I call the smart, logical, reasonable way to go because I obviously fucking can't right now. 
can I just tend to these feelings? Right. right. Like what I do is not that. <laughs> what I do is I get frustrated with shit outside of me and want it to change. But can I just show up for my feelings? Because nobody ever taught me that. Right. Nobody ever came to me when I was having a temper, t- temper tantrum at two years old or four years old or six years old and said, hey, your body is being fucking overwhelmed by the amount of emotion and pain you feel right now. And all I can do is sit here with you. Just come be with me so you don't have to be alone. Yeah, there's like a place where like you need to acknowledge like your feelings matter. Like they are important. They just don't need to necessarily be the end all be all of your decision making. (laughs) Right, right. The feelings in my mind don't say make a different choice. They say, hey, come tend to me. Right. You're hurt. You're in pain. Yeah. What? But we've been taught over and over again what to do with hurt and pain. Don't fucking feel it. Right. We don't feel negative emotions. We don't talk about them. You're not allowed to be there. If you feel that way, we're going to try to throw a bunch of fun events at you. Come on, let's go to the water park for a day. This will get <laughs> right. you out of it. Why are we trying to get out of it? Right? I get it. It doesn't feel good, but can we explore that place? Why doesn't it feel good? What can we do? What makes us feel better? Are you a human that's over 30 years old? Do you not know what makes you feel better yet? Find out because that shit's important, yeah. right? I didn't know what made me feel better. I need to know that. I need to know I can go lay down. I need to know I'm allowed to call out of work if I have to. Like, what does it take to take care of me right now with this feeling? And I don't think we ask that. We, we get caught up in, like, which way should I go? So the feeling or the logic? Or why can't I do the logic thing when the feeling comes? Like, because I need to tend to the feeling. That's yeah. what that feeling needs. And I think that's, like, with your regret, Caroline, what you're talking about is it's important to kind of sit with that and be like, well, what what exactly do I regret? You know what I mean? Like, what choices do I regret and why? Like, do I regret being hurt? Like, well, yeah, we all hate that. That yeah, sucks. That suck. Or do I regret, like, making good choices that ended in a bad result? Like, do I... I know? regret making bad choices that ended in a bad oh, okay. result. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, like, are you aware of the bad choices and are you just making those same bad choices again? Maybe. I'm aware of the bad choices. I may be making the bad choices. (laughs) Well, what if we didn't call them bad choices? Yeah. Because bad choices sound like you did something stupid or wrong or bad, right? What if we call them, this is what my body does when my nervous system is dysregulated. I act on these feelings of abandonment and fear and... That's not a place I want to act from anymore. I just want to try to tend to me as good as possible, right? Maybe I start with two minutes and then it's way too fucking much and I got to go do whatever I usually do. Fix it, right? However, but can I build that to three minutes? Can I build it to four, right? And not, we didn't do something wrong. We did the best we could with everything we had in that moment, okay? That's all we had. Like, what more do you want from yourself but the best you had, (laughs) Right. Because I, I, I found I, I spent my whole life asking myself for more than the best I had. That's what I've been doing my whole life. I should have done better. I should have done better. But I was doing the best I had every <laughs> fucking time. Can I accept that and love myself and say, hey, I just want to nurture me better through this one. Right. Not a, not I need to be better. Not I need to figure out a way to protect myself from from possible pain. But can I just take better care of myself while I'm hurting? That's yeah. my only goal. And even now, like, I'm still a continual work in progress. Like, I'm still, whatever best decisions I make today are going to be fucking wrong. Some of them. You know, like, I'm going to get five years down the road and be like, fuck, could have handled that a little different. Right, right. But, and that's okay. Like, I'm still, like, at least today, I'm trying to base them more on, like, my heart and love and compassion and kindness. So they're going in the right direction. <laughs> right, <laughs> like I'm moving right. in the right direction. And and more of mine, it's less pressure of like, get this right every fucking time. I, I don't, I'm not going to. Right. <laughs> I gave up on that a little bit, right? Like it's, can I be open that I didn't get it right sometimes? Right. That's what has made the biggest difference because all the pressure of having to get it right every time, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to fuck it up. And when somebody comes and says, hey, you fucked it up and you hurt me, can I be like, ah, oh, shit, I did. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you, right? Whether I fucked it up or not, well, the, the terminology doesn't matter. I could have right. done the exact right thing for me in that yeah. moment, but can I give a fuck that somebody was hurt by it? That's all. And if I can, I don't need to do a whole lot of stressing preemptively about getting it wrong because I'm open to that. I'll just say I'm sorry, right? I'll just show up and repair. It's fine. And like what I'm learning is people are open to that. People are open to, to repair. They don't want you to be perfect. 
They just want you to say, damn, that's fucked up. I didn't see that I was hurting you there. My fault. That feels great. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, enough. And I don't know if this is similar to what you're talking about, but it feels like it might be. So there's a thing, and I used to call it resentment, although I know this isn't resentment anymore because we've talked about resentment, but it was like the reliving of past experiences again and again. It's like if they just happened. So I was like, you know, things that happened way long ago, I still feel the pain of it mm. like today. And then trying to make decisions based on that. Like, I don't think that's healthy anymore. Right. I used to think that it was. And now I look at that more as a negative thing. Like, I shouldn't be trying to live my life today how I felt, you know, yeah. 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. You know. Well, what do they say about that? that? That idea of, like, when you're driving your car, if the rear view mirror took up 99% of the view, you, you wouldn't do very well now. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, like, that's that same idea. If I'm living... With all this past story going on in my head, I'm really trying to live the past in the present, which isn't going to, you know, they're different things. They're different situations, different people, different everything. And it's like, can I get the story? The story is what's triggering me, man. That story about the past and the future, I feel like, is what keeps taking us back to this dysregulated spot, right? How it never worked out then and how it's never going to work out now. No matter which way I choose, it's going to be bad. And, like, that's the story that can't bring me calm in the present because um, it's always going to be fucked up it's yeah. like there's no there's no calm and peace in your nervous system when you think that no matter what choice you make today it's going to be bad in three weeks there's no fucking calm on that that feels awful and like how can we do anything except try to keep recognizing and reminding ourselves that's a story that's a story that's not really what's happening right now what's happening right now i'm looking at billy and caroline we're having a nice conversation. The air conditioner's running. I can hear it. I can feel it blowing on my leg. Like, that's what's happening right now. That's it. Anything outside his room? I don't know. Yeah. So, I I guess that's staying present in the moment. But I can't ignore, like, my story still happened, and it's still there. I don't ignore it completely. Like, I've learned and grown and changed. But all those things make me who I am. I just don't relive them over and over and over again you know hopefully Dude. like i've learned and grown and you know yeah i don't know like I, i'm trying to evaluate i'm like do they make us who we are i don't i don't know i guess to some level like what we go through gives us a baseline programming on top of our our hardware this is how i'm like thinking yeah. of it right <laughs> so you're you're born with your hardware and then we get this downloading software for the first seven years right and then it comes online um, but it's, it's more like the programming on top of our hardware that seems all fucked up and faulty. And I don't know that I necessarily identify with that being who I am. I feel like when the shift happened where I felt better, all of a sudden I was just able to be the person I really thought I was in the back of my mind that never showed up in real life before. And yeah. that's what's felt. And crazy. so I was thinking of that and I guess I came to some things maybe Backward. I mean, I guess I came to him the way that I came to him. So right. backwards isn't the right way to say gotcha. it. But I looked at like, all right, so what does a healthy relationship look like as a partner in a relationship? What am like, how am I supposed to look and feel and act? And then being like, oh, I don't look and feel and act like that at all. Mm. Like, I feel very different than that. Mm -hmm. And then that sparked me to look at, well, what's what is it in me that makes me so different? And then I was able to look at oh, well, shit, that's because I was brought up as a child to think your feelings don't matter. So that's why in a relationship, I don't have any opinion on what we do or how we act or what our goals or plans are or where we're going. I don't have any opinions on anything. I'm here. I'm doing. I'm checking all the boxes for a husband. Okay, I cut the grass. I take the trash out. I provide the money. Check. Did all those things. I'm good. Right. Good. Did all the husband boxes. Yeah. You know? dad i show up for school events i pay tuition i make sure you have clothes and food mm. and all that stuff boom checked all the dad boxes i'm yeah. good did all the dad things yeah why doesn't this feel good yeah why don't i feel like connected, connected? <laughs> why don't i feel this intimacy yeah. and so checking all those boxes and doing the things and then not feeling the right way helped me to look back and be like oh well let's look back and see why like, 
I hate to say what the fuck is wrong with you, but like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're not doing these things? Why do you not feel these feelings? Right. So I right. came to that and then I was able to look at like my childhood and be like, oh yeah, that's because you were raised in this way. If you go back and look at your childhood and how you were brought up, it's exactly how you were brought up. Mm. Your feelings don't matter. What you think doesn't matter. Do what the fuck you're supposed to do and then you'll be happy yeah. or everyone will be happy with you. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like what, I'm reading right now, which is a book about parenting and, and it talks about it in some different ways. And like looking at our society, what we do is as parents in general, not saying everybody, but we tend to shape behavior instead of raise humans. We're worried about getting the behavior right. And that's what I feel like all of us as adults are also running around doing to ourselves. We got this inner critic part running rampant in our fucking head and it is saying, do the right behaviors. That's what makes you a good person. Just keep doing the right behaviors. And it never talks about the intimacy of relationships or connection or what really matters, man. Like, I'm raising humans in my house now. I wasn't. I was shaping behaviors, and it was fucking ugly. Mm -hmm. And now I'm raising humans. And, like, that human on the other side of my words is more important than any fucking behavior they do. And from that standpoint, it's felt a lot simpler and easier, right? Like, just... This is the priority, not getting you to do what the fuck I want you to do, but can we stay in relation and find a way to care about each other where neither of us want to do things that hurt the other? doesn't matter how much I want to do something. If it hurts people in my house, I got to really think about that, right? That might not be a good thing for me because I don't like that feeling. And just, it's a hard thing to do when you're dysregulated. I can say that. I, I could not. I could not, from a place of dysregulation, feeling like my body is truly hijacked by this alter part in my head, I could not be a calm, peaceful, loving person that I truly think I am and feels like I can be today. And right. it's, it's been from meditation, from calming the nervous system, from paying attention to all this, the overwhelm, and, and actually saying, you know what, I'm going to fucking do something with this. I'm going to take care of me. I, I refuse to be miserable anymore. And like from there, it's led me to a place of feeling. I don't, I don't know. I keep yeah. Saying the same shit. Well, I, no, I got there too. I just, I think like for me, it was in like a part of that process was really going back and looking back right. at my history and looking at how did I, why, why am I here? Why am I, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? And it was really looking at my past and, and in a, in a more current lens, yeah. like say with some new information and analyzing and breaking some of those misconceptions and lies that I had told myself down to where I am now to where like I parent very different. Like if you to ask me how I wanted to be as a parent 20 years ago, I'm like, it's completely different than what I would have ever thought. I'm like, Same. Oh, my fucking kids don't have any rules. They do whatever they want. They literally do whatever they want. I don't know. I go to bed at 10 o'clock. Fuck do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, I know. People are like, crazy. what? Like, yeah, yeah, they go to a school. They're school. They do whatever they want. I don't know. They do nothing all day. I don't. I don't know. They figured it out. Right. <laughs> They're right. great. <laughs> right. But it's not the person that I thought I would be. You know. Well, and that's kind of what the book is talking about. It's called Good Inside for anybody who's interested. But she's talking about this idea that it feels like we're all operating from a place of being bad inside, like or or scared that we are. And we're all trying to do these actions that prove that that's not the case. And it's like if we could raise our kids and operate from a place of reminding ourselves constantly, we're good inside. We're yeah. good people. It just feels so much different to live that life, man. And it's crazy to think now, looking back, that like I've wandered the world for most of my life thinking I was a terrible person or, or terrified that I was. Like right. that's really what was happening for me. And no wonder my actions looked all fucking crazy and discombobulated. If that's my standpoint in the world, it's just making sure people don't see that I'm the terrible person I am. Yeah. And even making those choices now, like with my kids or with my family, it doesn't mean it's all going to turn out peaches and cream and roses and they're all right. going to be perfect and marry the perfect people and have... It just means hopefully I've, we've done like an iota of a little bit to change like generational trauma and abuse so right. that, you know, maybe we just don't continue the same cycle of fucked upness that we grew up in and yeah. that, you know, they're somewhat a little more healthy. <laughs> like, you know. So I, I don't know that, that we necessarily got a victor in, in the, you know, truth versus intuition, logic versus feelings, whatever we want to call it nervous system versus reality debate. But I, I think it's important to know that they both matter. Like they're nice. both true, right? I can't say that all these facts from a calm, 
standpoint of looking at this situation in front of me are false or that it's actually, you know, the 10 positives don't equal uh, or the 10 negatives don't equal the, the one positive of feeling relief when I go there because I keep getting the 10 negatives. Or the denial or rationalization or any of those right, tools right. I'm going to use. <laughs> right, right. But, but how can I still acknowledge that the feelings are very real and very valid? And what does it take in my body to care about them and tend to them? Right? Because that's something I didn't do for a long time and I didn't know how. And it, it started with hearing people's suggestions, wrapping up in a blanket, drinking a hot tea, getting a self-hug, getting a not self-hug, like... But yeah, I've got to find a way to take care of them because they're just as real and they prevent me from being able to do the thing I think is actually better for me. So I think it's important to have that conversation with yourself, I guess. Any final thoughts? Yeah, but I think it, I, I do agree. I think it's really important that we just honor our feelings and it's okay to feel how we feel. There's not a right or wrong you know, with that, just have hopefully a good person that you trust around that's going to help you process that in a healthy way, <laughs> you know, and yeah. to make you feel loved and cared about. And then, you know, you got to make the best just decisions for yourself based off of that. And that being said, if your gut says that you should listen to the recovery sort of podcast or your brain says that you should listen to the recovery sort of podcast, that is the right piece in that moment. Have a good week. <laughs> Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.